Testing, testing. Testing, how are you? I'm doing excellent. Okay, we're on the air. All right, it's uh, Matt Cook here. I am a health and sex researcher with over 700,000 subscribers. You can find more about me at Daily Medical Discoveries. And I have the very famous dating coach, worldwide renowned dating coach, Jonathan Green. How are you, Jonathan? I'm doing good. I'm great to be here. Excited to spend some time together. Maybe help some people. Well, (laughs) we wouldn't want to go that far. But uh, (laughs) maybe we can hurt people. I mean, you know, maybe our advice is terrible. That's always fun. I have an interesting one for you to start with that I thought was just like uber interesting. This is a guy who says, well, I'm sort of falling for my sister-in-law. Have you ever heard that sort of thing before? Mm. Yes, it happens. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so specifically, um, yeah, he just said, I've just been very close uh, just for several years. And so now um, I just have deep feelings. I would do anything for her. We get along great. Yeah, I've been married. And I love my wife and, and, and very much. And, and I've told my sister-in-law that I love her. She will only tell me that she loves me in phone texts. My wife knows that me and my sister are close, but she doesn't worry about me and her sister. Okay. My sister-in-law's divorced. Nothing sexual has happened. What can I do? I don't want to hurt either of them. <laughs> what do you think you can do? I mean, <laughs> I think the best thing you can go for is try to get them to realize you need two wives. Like that seems to make the safest solution. I agree. It's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with two wives. It's done all the time. It's an, so let's talk about po- real possible results. Let's say he gets the ideal result. He switches wives, right? He divorces his wife. He marries the sister. Everyone is going to hate them, right? Yes. You're going to lose. Yes. Your wife will hate you. Your kids will hate you. You're not going to be able to. So you're going to sacrifice most of your friendships, most of your relationships. You're going to dramatically damage your relationships with your kids. Everything, right. And... My experience has been that when you start a relationship off with a cheating, right, that that person will cheat again, right? So this woman's already been divorced once. The second divorce is way easier than the first one. I think the statistics are way higher for each subsequent divorce. The first one is at like 50%. Second one is 80%. Third divorce, it's 90%. So the more marriages you go through, the more likely you are to fail. So Additionally, it sounds like there's no signals from the sister-in-law that she's interested. So you're playing well, a high risk. Well, she did say she loves him on text, on phone text. Yeah. So that's a signal. That's hardly a signal. It's just what you... Yeah, that's the same thing. I say I love my kids all the time to them. It's not the same thing. So in English, we only have one word for love, whereas in Greek, there's like 13 for different types of love, like brotherly love, friendship love, romantic love, sexual love. So he's could very easily be misinterpreting the text mm. and going, oh, she's saying love you because she may send that to everyone in their text. And he's now saying this is the big one. And I mean, long story short is this guy needs to stop it. <laughs> okay. So what happens for me um, when I read this is I think that he is not happy with his wife. He's not thrilled. And that's the reason why his roving eye has landed on his sister-in-law. Because if you love somebody very, very much from, romantically and sexually, what you try to do is you try to protect your love against wanting somebody different. So we have a, um, you know, we have a woman that comes over to, to do some, some work here in the office. I just make sure to stay far away from her. She's extremely attractive. And I'm, I stay far away. I don't, you know, look at her. <laughs> you know, it's like, got to be very careful. Okay. I wouldn't have uh, lunch alone with a very attractive young single woman. Um, there's those things you have to do. So if you're married, you have a sister-in-law and you find that you're attracted to her, it's fine. You can observe that she's very attractive, but you have to keep your mental distance. The fact that he didn't tells me he's not happy in his marriage and he's he's kind of like, why well, get married then? I mean, it's already, you know, really, really bad news. If he wants to fix this and really doesn't want to hurt anybody, he just has to stop. Just what you said. Absolutely has to stop. Um, so, but the point is you have to stop yourself from being in that position in the first place. If you really don't want to hurt people, I find life is very complicated and I don't want it to be hard and complicated at home. It's already hard enough and complicated enough. I don't want to add a whole layer to it, but I think some people crave excitement in their lives and they want to introduce all this drama. Okay. 
And I think that's what he's doing here. He's introducing a lot of drama. Maybe he has an emptiness in his career and his profession. He's bored. For whatever reason, he's trying to introduce an incredible amount of drama in this marriage, which is a terrible idea. What's your question? My boyfriend picked up another girl in front of me, and he thinks I'm overreacting. <laughs> picked up a, so, okay. Picked up a girl in front of her, in front of his girlfriend. Yeah. There's a couple wow. in their mid thirties. He smokes, she doesn't. He goes up to the smoking sections, chatting with a girl who's a couple years younger than him and a couple years younger than her, more importantly. They find out they have the same birthday and they start chatting. She gives him her number. He calls her with the number. Uh, okay. And then they end up kissing, <laughs> which the girlfriend didn't see, but the boyfriend told her about it on the way home, right? And mm-hmm. she's really upset. And the boyfriend's like, what? So, <laughs> yeah, what's the big deal what here think? anyway? What's the big deal? It's just a little kissing. Yeah, maybe it's exciting. I mean, it makes um, her more desire her boyfriend more because another woman wants him. So it could be very, very exciting times in the bedroom, really. I mean, it doesn't have to be that big of a deal, does it? Or does it? So <laughs> I'm a big believer in part of this, right? But you have to know the line of danger and actually committing the crime, right? Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference between I could rob that bank if I want to and actually robbing a bank, right? There's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. One is a crime, right. one is not. Right. And this guy got too close to the sun, like Icarus, he flew too close to the sun, right? Once you are swapping phone numbers, that changes everything, right? The second you're swapping phone numbers, the sec- and kissing as well, even though she didn't see it, and I know he told he told her because he thinks this will make her even more jealous, right? So he's not into the new girl, probably. He's just like, oh, this is gonna fire up my girlfriend, and it did, but I think it went too far. So you the have phone to be number very was too far, and it's possible even the flirting was too far. So I it think depends so on your relationship. So yeah, in some relationships, you can flirt a little bit and come back as long as you don't touch or get a phone number or anything, and go, wow, that girl was so into me. It's so weird. And that's okay. Like you can get away with that. But again, that's the danger zone. Okay. For some relationships, that's like a, that's a breaker. And some relationships. Some couples are into like fantasizing about another person and they, you know, she may have put them up to it or, you know, they just demonstrating. You're demonstrating that other women are still attracted to you, which is a good thing, but you have to be careful with how far you take the demonstration. So definitely getting phone numbers, hugging, kissing is definitely too far. Possibly flirting is too far. So I wouldn't do that. I think that's too dangerous. So I might go, why does that girl keep looking at me? To me, that's as far as I'll go to plant a little jealousy. It's like, I wish everyone stopped staring at me. I'm a person, right? I have a human being and thoughts and emotions. I'm more than just something to look at is as far as I'll go. But as far as actually flirting in front of her, he might also think my girlfriend is there watching, not a part of, the, not participating in the conversation, but she's in the room. She can see us. And that makes me in the clear, but obviously not. So... When you're thinking well, they did about... discuss this, obviously. If they had discussed it, you know, and it was like part of their deal, it'd be fine. You know? I mean, and, and yeah. It could be exciting in their relationship if that's it what they're into. Wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. So it definitely was a big yeah. surprise. So she's it's very It's kind of shocking to me that a guy would do that if it wasn't something that was already cleared up with his girlfriend, you know? I'm shocked that someone would do that, honestly. It's just so so outlandish, you know, to me. So out there. Um, so <laughs> rather interesting. Um, I would have to say that there's a relationship immaturity there that should be a red flag for this woman in general. Would you agree? Yeah, you have to have a conversation about part of it is seeing how he reacts. If you say, listen, it went too far. I don't want I don't mind you talking to other people once you're swapping numbers or once it gets flirtatious, you need to pull back. And see how it reacts. What's interesting is a lot of people will go, hey, it's no big deal. And then you know that you're definitely not a good fit. So sometimes you have to push and see before you just immediately pull the ripcord. Just see, is this relationship really messed up? Or does he, when I explain myself, kind of see my wavelength? And But I get the feeling he'll be like, it's no big deal. I'm just floating in front of you, da, 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 da. <laughs> All right. Well, I have something that I wanted to discuss with you. It's somebody asked about, he said, basically, I went to online dating. Um... I went to it. I used to pick up women and then I went to online dating. And um, I thought that all my life I've all focused on like chemistry. 
And so I've had some sort of bad relationships because I was just chemistry and, you know, we weren't compatible. So I thought, well, let me start my dating now with, um, with, with compatibility. So I did that, but I end up like just asking her a bunch of questions and it's like we're in an interview. There's no chemistry. It's not fun. It doesn't get anywhere. Okay. So then I just said, I got to drop this crap. And I just went back to fun, you know, having fun and all that. And everything started to, to work a lot better. Like it was when I used to just randomly pick up girls. What do you think? Is there any difference between dating for chemistry or compatibility? Do you feel like? Yeah. Dating for compatibility is the best way to end up in the friend zone. As this person discovered it's that it's most marriages are not built on a foundation of parody or similarities or commonalities or reports like, Oh, we like the same movies. So we got married. That's insane. There's this idea that we get from television movies sometimes like, Oh, we need to have a lot in common. The more we have in common, the better the marriage will be. And this is a lesson I learned when I was very young from someone who's like, he was like, why would I marry someone who's like me? That sounds really boring. So, you want to be with someone who's actually different to you so that they can surprise you and say unique things and have unique perspective and that every day could be interesting. Because I already know what I want to do. Imagine if every single decision I make, my wife just always says, yes, she always wants to watch the same movie as me, watch the same television shows me, then why is she there? Right? She's just, that. that is an accessory, right? That's the person that's barely a part of your life. They're just there while you're living the exact same life you would with or without them. That's not interesting. There's no excitement. That's not a marriage. It's not a partnership. So compatibility is a misnomer, and this is where a lot of guys falter. Compatibility is sometimes called comfort, which is like, let's get to know each other. And when you create compatibility before you create attraction, which is um, there's a chemistry between us, that's how the formula for the friend zone. That's the exact formula for a friend zone, and that's why he was discovering that it feels weird because compatibility doesn't really matter. There are very few questions where the person's answer will actually affect whether or not you want to date them. Nobody really cares what your job is, right? There are very few jobs you could say where the other person might go, oh, I don't want to date you because of it. And that's the point is that why we ask about this stuff. We ask about things that we don't care about because we don't know any better and we think that we're supposed to. Oh, we have to like a certain percentage of things in common. We have to like a certain percentage of movies and books and stuff. When is the last time you co-read a book? Like you're both reading the same book at the same time? That never happens. So... That's the important thing. He's on the right wavelength. Chemistry is definitely more important. Yeah, chemistry is, is super, super important. But I think that a lot of people mistake hot sex for what's going to become a long-term relationship. And I have to say that I think a lot of people who get into a bad relationship ignored these red flags because of the sexual chemistry. So it seems like it's a huge issue for people that want a long-term relationship. I think it has to start with chemistry. And then the point of an evolution of a relationship is that it becomes compatibility over time because the, the initial fireworks sort of die down inevitably. And then they're replaced by this love and, and companion ability that takes some time to develop. And if that doesn't develop, it's probably not a good match. So it starts with chemistry. And then I would argue... Uh, compatibility and companionability become super, super important. And I think people lose sight of that in the initial honeymoon phase of the relationship. Yeah, you just have to go through the phases in the right order. Yes. What's the next one? My husband's no longer attracted to me, so I don't want him in the delivery room anymore. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is this the uh, uh, postal service? Are they both post? They were in the delivery room or? Oh, um, uh, no. She's about to have a baby. This, this is the hospital she's, delivery room, yeah. Since they've gotten together, <sighs> she's put on uh, 40 pounds. Part of it's being pregnant, right? So she put on weight. Then she got pregnant and put on more weight. And he's, the intimacy is decreasing. They're about, like, they're very close to having the baby. And she's like, oh, this guy is not that into me. You know what? And her thing, and it's not crazy, she's like, I don't want to see him to see me at my grossest, right? Because I've been in the delivery room, and it is not appealing. A lot of gross stuff happens. She's like, I don't want him to see me poop myself and make a mess and blood going everywhere and seeing a baby come out of me because then they'll be like, it will totally kill the attraction. So, um. Did Obviously it kill the attraction for you and your wife when you saw the baby being delivered? Oh, you've had a number of babies. I've had so two. You've had where four. Where I live, you're not allowed to be in there. I actually oh. only want 
I've only been in there for, of the four kids, I've only been there for one time because the doctor, okay. we paid a lot. We had to pay extra for me to go in. Oh, well, okay. And yeah, so normally I just go to sleep and when I wake up, there's a baby there. I'm like, oh, this is not that it's bad. the best thing. Like, That's the best thing. Yeah, I mean, what's this the big deal smart. about childbirth? I don't understand. You know, it's and, no uh, problem. It's horrible. So I it's, was there for both deliveries and um, I mean, there completely the whole time seeing everything. And um, some people say like, oh, it's a beautiful experience, birth, you know? Um, and I suppose in a sense it is, but I just found that to me, it was like clinical. I sort of changed hats and I had my clinical hat on, you know, what do I need to do to help? What's going on? What decisions have to be made? Because we had two fairly difficult births in some ways. So I saw everything, participated in everything. It didn't gross me out really because... It was just to me like uh, like a doctor, you know. Did you ever wonder how gynecologists can look at women's parts all day and then go home and be excited by their girlfriend's private parts? So, have you ever been well, at the end of the day, right? Like you're like, oh, if I have to look at one more, right? Like the last thing you want to do, like the last thing a massage therapist wants to do is go home and give their partner a massage. So I think mm -hmm. that, I sometimes think the doctor's like, oh, the last thing I want to see when I get home is another one of these. <laughs> But that's so, not true because it's a it's a clinical experience where you have a clinical hat on. It's like a part of your brain. And then you come home and it's a different part. It's your lizard brain or your reptile brain. So I don't feel that it ruins anything for a lot of people. And um, if he's not comfortable with it, he shouldn't do it. But I think there's a lot of pluses to being in the delivery room because uh, there are decisions that may have to be made and you could just ignore them and let other people make the decisions, but they could have catastrophic consequences. So I think that you should be there. I had a uh, friend who was a dentist and he was going to get a root canal uh, and painful extraction, you know, from a rear tooth, you know, and I said, well, you're going to be under, right? He goes, oh, no way. He says, I'll, ne I'll never go under. I want to know what they're doing at all times. <laughs> and if they drop an instrument down my throat, I want to know it. So I like this attitude of like, hey, let me get in the delivery room. Let me see what's going on. I'm not going to let other people make those decisions. And my wife or the girlfriend, she's not in a position to make decisions when she's having a baby. So who's going to protect her, you know, your interests and your baby's interests? You have to do it. So I think this is part of being a man today, stepping up to the plate. And you have to be an advocate for anybody who is inducted into the medical system. If you just let them be inducted in and you just let everyone else make decisions, a lot of bad stuff's going to happen. And then they're going to cover it up. So I've had two, seen too many experiences of babies that have been deprived of oxygen, all sorts of things. You need to be alert. You need to be there. It's a critical thing. Why doesn't the guy want to be there? Or is it the girl that doesn't want him there? He doesn't want him there because she doesn't want to gross him out. I think oh, the yeah. answer it's is, a mistake. here's the secret. It's about where you stand. Yeah. So you can, there's two choices. You can stand beside her or hold her hand and everything is under so the not, sheet. In other words, you're not at her legs looking into right. her. Or you could be you, staring down the barrel of the baby coming out. And yeah. I did not do that position, right? So I'm there right. watching everything happen, but then I'm not- Then you see a baby magically appear and then, the, you know, oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's very violent. It's very loud. It's very horrible. There's a lot of sewing afterwards. It's horrible. It's not a beautiful. There can be an episiotomy where there's cutting. Uh, there can be, oh, yeah. we can't get the baby out. We may have to, you know, let's try suction and then putting a suction on the baby's head. You know, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, it's really and, violent. And, and then meanwhile, your girlfriend or wife is really, really, really having a hard time of it. Of course, you feel terrible and, you know, she's in terrible pain and discomfort. But yeah. I think you have to be there. You have to do it. It's part of life. You have to but be there to advocate like, for what needs to be done. You're not you're not supposed to be like super horny for each other right before the baby comes or right afterwards. Like that's going to be a dry season no, no matter what. It is. So this idea is. like you have enough time to kind of forget it. That like, oh, you're going to go through a period of where you're not going to be intimate no matter what because she's recovering right. and you have a baby that's going to scream every time you try and touch each other anyway. So... It's just part of the game. I think that I understand where she's coming from, but I don't think that it will okay, what, affect What about sex? Isn't it funny when they're like a month or two old and you're having sex and like, it doesn't matter because they're only one or two months old. Like, you know, they're in bed. Who cares? <laughs> well, no, it's because they scream in the middle, but they start crying because right? they need to do whatever. Of course they do. Of course they do. That's a weird question. I, I really think um, you have to be so careful nowadays when anybody is... Um, 
that you love is is in the medical system. So here's one. My wife had an affair with a guy at work. Okay, now, the word affair, what does that mean to you? Does that mean that they're having sex or does that mean that they're writing love letters like they used to in the 19th century? What do you think affair means? It means that they went into the office supply closet and a penis Mm -hmm. went into a vagina. Right. So that's what I thought, too. He said, okay, my wife had an affair with a guy at work. I'm broken about it. She said that it just sprouted out. And it was because of me, my lack of emotional connection. It's my fault. Okay. Now, honestly, I've always wanted more affection, intimacy from her. But she says she just doesn't feel emotionally connected because of me. So, look, she dismissed this affair like it's not a big deal. Am I missing something? Okay. Now, I had her take a lie detector test. No sex happened. Just kissing and cuddling. Wait, Wait, you can't (laughs) skip past that. What's that conversation like? Oh, by the way, I brought her into my CIA secret office. Yeah, I need you to put this on your finger, wrap this around your arm, put this on your head. You know, lie detector, you know, very convincing psychopaths can fool lie detector. You should tell this guy that. Um, You know, to me, the bizarre parts of this are... Okay, she claims he's emotionally disconnected. That's why she had the affair. It's his fault she had the affair. He says she's the one that's not connected. And then he, they call it an affair when they haven't supposedly had a real, to me, a sexual affair. But obviously well, there's affection being cha- exchanged. There are things you can say, right, that are this, that even if you don't have intimacy, like you can say, you know, women feel this way more than men. It's like if you, it's worse for you to fall in love with someone else than to sleep with someone else, right? Because that's a bigger right. betrayal. Right. So she might say, I love him or send like secret messages. Like there's this message I knew a guy's wife was sending numbers and so she would just say one, four, three. Do you know what that stands for? No. It's a one word, one letter word, four letter word, three letter word. It stands for I love you. Oh, so, okay. And it's okay. like. That's worse. I mean, look, a lot of guys will go, and I have a married friend. He goes to the massage parlor. He gets more than a massage. There's a happy ending involved. His wife doesn't know about it. He's been doing this for a decade or two. I don't know. I can't see that there's any harm in that because he's not emotionally interested in anybody else but his wife. I don't see that as the same thing at all. Is he always going back to the same person? No, no. It's just a thing he does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, really, it's not a big deal. I mean, she probably doesn't have a big sex. Well, she doesn't have much of a sex drive. He has one. They don't have a It's not the ideal thing, but I can understand that because it's not breaking up the marriage. In this case, she goes to have a court affair. She's emotionally interested in someone else. That's the problem. It's not the physical thing. It's the fact that they're blaming each other for lack of intimacy, lack of emotional connection. So this relationship has to be fixed in that sense or else there's no relationship. Yeah, I don't like this trick of where I cheat on you and it's your fault. It's your fault. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, that's like the definition of victim blaming is you're the, you made me do it and it's your fault. Like you shouldn't have made it so easy. You shouldn't have trusted me. You you didn't make me emotionally connected. Of course, you know, I had no choice. It's your fault. And and, and then he's so, saying, oh, yeah, it's not my fault. It's her fault. Um yeah, that's a game a lot of people will play. I know there's all these fancy names now for like manipulation, what they call it, gaslighting. There's like 50 other names for things, but it's like just making someone feel confused and trying to use tricky words. But at the end of the day, she did something bad. But she obviously wants to save the marriage because she took a lie detector. Like, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I think this is a good question. Would you, if your wife thought something was going on, would you take a lie detector to save your marriage yes interesting i would do anything to save my marriage but do you think the act of having to take the lie detector would actually it's in it in and of itself damage your marriage because like, it's like oh she doesn't trust me so much that i have to take no, the lie detector no not at all because she's already betrayed this trust she's already gone as far who knows how far with someone else no, i mean i mean We're if your wife asked this- you right your wife said to you you have to take a lie detector to save our marriage even though you haven't done anything wrong Well, I would do it because I would think, and then I'd probably consider what kind of meds she might be on or what her therapist is telling her. Because when people are fed, people are fed lies and uh, all kinds of misleading stuff from when they're in therapy. Have you noticed that? And who knows where she's getting that information from? If she thought I was having an affair and I'm not, she's probably mentally, there's some mental instability or somebody's feeding her some lies. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't want to be... I don't want to be wired up. I don't know what they're going to ask me, right? It's like, hey, that wasn't on the list. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about this one? My wife wants to divorce me to marry her ex. My wife was dating a guy for six years from the Middle East when he was 30. His parents were like, hey, you have to get married. This white woman in America doesn't count. You have to come back to your home country. And of course, there's a lot of money at play because this comes from like an oil family. And so... He says to her, the family says, listen, you have to come to our country for a year. Sure. Become a Muslim, all yada, yada, and then we'll decide. And then if you're willing to do all that, then you can marry him in one year, right? Yeah. And she didn't want to do that. She didn't want to go live in the Middle East. But now she got married to someone else. And five mm -hmm. years later, she's like, you know what? I want to divorce you to yeah. go be his second wife. Why would she need to get a divorce? I mean, couldn't she just, okay. Yeah, I guess she would have to. Um, I don't understand this problem at all. No. Yeah, any you know people woman go to Facebook now and they go look at some old they call it like an old flame and they start reigniting the something that might have happened in high school. That's kind of like, and it just happens a lot now. And I know several people who have had problems in their marriage, or sometimes it's just that a uh, someone's died or divorce and then they end up trying to get things going and it's always they go back to their list the, the old list you know the list of people that were in their that, life 30 years ago i find that's that what very she's strange doing. well that's what she's doing well yeah. they've already well she's already talked to the other guy and talked yeah. to the new wife and she, sure. they've already agreed that she'll be the second wife and okay i'll tell you what this woman is in for one heck of a surprise well, she's gonna move to the middle east and be a second wife do you think is that what she's saying yeah, that's what she That'd wants to. She's like, hey, she okay. says to the husband, she goes, you can keep everything because my new husband's super rich. And this guy's like, what should I do? I'm like, sign those papers, dog. You, This marriage is over, right? And yeah. she's making a terrible decision. Right. And she's going to she come start back. Fresh. She should start fresh with somebody. She shouldn't do that. She never knows when she goes to the Middle East what's going to happen. The culture's so different. The family's not there. She could have a very dangerous time, really. It could be very, very bad for her, for her safety physically and mentally. So I, I think that's a really, really bad idea. You know what they call, you know, isolating somebody in order to indoctrinate them? That's what this feels like to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not the woman posting the thing, but she's making a terrible decision But this guy. There's nothing you can do. She's gone so far that she's met and talked to the other wife to like, hey, hey, can I come be the second? She blew her chance to be the top. By the way, like the first wife Number has the two power. Wives. Number two, you're I'm now right? not the top oh, dog. Right? You it's, blew it's your chance the, to be top by dog. By order of seniority, like they don't, they don't yeah. use. Okay, they don't use ability. It's just seniority, huh? Okay, I didn't know that. No, I've never had so, two wives. I don't know how that works. Oh well, yeah, because it's it's just it's. In, I mean, maybe because he knew her first or whatever, but no, it's usually the order of marriage is the order of dominance, right? Because usually the reverse order is the order of beauty, right? So the youngest one, the fourth one's going to be the youngest and I guess the most beautiful. I don't know exactly, but that's kind of the idea that she'll be the youngest. Because so it's like, it's like you marry one woman at 20 and then when you're 30, you marry another 20 year old. When you're 40, you marry another 20 year old. When you're 50, you're another 20 year old. So one so of your wives year old, is 50, or the same, whatever. She's the one that runs the household. She runs the girls. Exactly. She runs the wives. Yeah, I, I could see that actually. You know, that's the way I would, I would do it too. But there's also the idea I, like, of having yeah, wives where it's hurt. merit. You could have like the number one wife based on merit. You could have them have certain contests of, of physical and, and, and mental, um, you know, accomplishments. Pizza and then whoever comes out on top. Yeah, strength. Um, I don't believe this culture is big on meritocracy. Okay. It's not okay. my It's about seniority. Okay. Yeah, it's like unions. It's about seniority. Whoever Whoever's first, been there the longest. Okay. Yeah, I, I would just, again, I really, it's a, it's a silliest, it's amazing what people come up with sometimes. But um, it's very, very alluring to go back to your list, your backlist, you know, and start trying to drum things up with somebody. And um, it can work okay, but uh, it also can be a, a big mistake because it's never the way you remember it. And it's, you've got to start fresh with somebody. If you used to know them, it's like now it's a whole new ball game. You've all had your life now and you're, you're different people. Um, so here's one for you. I want to ask your opinion about this. So um, many men, they say, can't read the signals women give them when the woman is attracted to the man. And women have told me this many, many, many times. Okay. So um, sometimes people will say, if a woman likes you, she'll do something obvious 
that as a man you'll notice. But it doesn't seem like that. It's just a lot of guys miss these, these signals. What do you think is going on here? Are women giving signals that are too subtle? And I think they are. I think they're hidden signals is what we call them that, that they do. And, and then they think that they're broadcasting loud and clear, but they're not. What do you think? So I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I think this is a really, this is an issue I struggled a lot when I was younger in that I misunderstood what a signal was. So all of my training about what a signal was was wrong. So I was using a bad code book. And I think it comes from two places. But I think the biggest place, I think the best answer is overstimulation. So when they're showing signals in movies, they show a larger than real life. So you watch a movie and you go, oh, that's what a signal looks like. Here's the, the biggest signal. I'll do it to you and tell me if you recognize this. See, it works instantly. That's a very uncommon signal. But it's the it's the most overt signal, the look down, look up, smile. If a woman does that to you, and I've had a woman do that to me, and then I walked over and she goes, why did you walk over here? And I was like, you sent the bad signal. So you never know, um, no matter what's going on. So what you have to do as a man is first Maybe of all- Maybe she did just, give you the signal, but she changed her mind the moment you approached her and opened her mouth, your mouth. Wow. So I'm attractive from far away and far away from attractive. I mean, it's a, I don't know. People give people, it's, it's a fickle thing. Yeah. But that's exactly it is that you. I don't really know. I don't to, like the guy that I, I brought over here. I think I'm going to, no, what, what are you talking it happened, about? I caught the wrong fish. So she could have also been shooting that, those eyes at the guy next to me. So mm -hmm. I believe yep. it's connected to the prevalence of media and the prevalence of adult media. So you, the signals you're used to seeing because. Do you remember how in a movie like in the 50s and 40s, they would never actually show a murder? And they would never, they would never even, or how about this? They would never show people sleeping together. They would show two people walk into a bedroom and then it would fade yeah. to black. Yeah. And you would yeah. know what it meant. The African Queen, you know, that one with Bogart and Hepburn? That's uh -huh. the classic where they're going down the river in the boat. And then you can tell when they've had sex and she has this look on her face when she comes out of the cabin, but they never show anything. They just go in there together. The next moment it's morning and she's got this, you know, cat who got the cream look on her face when she gets out of the, the cabin. That's what you're talking about, right? Right. <laughs> and now her, it's more and more and more extreme. Yeah. And even on television shows, it used to be that yeah. would, for a while when I was a kid, they would just show women topless and they started showing bottoms. Now they show guys. You can see guys... I can't tell you how many actors I've seen. Everything they have, either guys. I'm like, I don't need to see all these actors. Did bits, you um, Did you see the South Park that they had on Paramount Plus? They have these crap specials or South Park, but they show. Um, I guess it's uh, you know the Tegrity Farms. Um, <laughs> what's his Stan's dad? You know his his genitals, and he's playing with the South. I show everything. It's a cartoon, but you know. I, but so, <laughs> I believe that. Because subtlety doesn't work in movies anymore. They keep going more and more extreme. So we're thinking, yeah. oh, if I see it in a movie, that's why. It's the same reason like comedy, jokes that were funny or tricks that were subtle, like um, all the movies from Hitchcock, all the tricks from Hitchcock movies. You watch North by Northwest now and you know everything that's going to happen because everyone's copied those tricks. And what happens is we are so overstimulated, right, between social media and bright lights and advertising everywhere that and like all advertising is sexual so that you no longer notice i think women are actually doing normal signals but they just haven't adapted to how over the top everything else is so i'll give you an example of this i once saw a woman's profile on a dating app where she worked at victoria's secret and her profile was her sitting down next to four victoria's secret angels and I was like, that's probably the stupidest thing I've ever seen a person do. Because he goes, supermodel, supermodel, me, supermodel, you supermodel. you in comparison. Yeah, you, you want to Why see would you, ugly, yeah. ugly people. Yeah. There's no worse place for me to be standing than between like, you know what I mean? And it's that's such why a, women who really want to find somebody out and they're on the prowl, they bring their uglier girlfriend with them. Yeah, you don't bring four supermodels so that you get completely ignored. But that's the example of this. So for a woman, if you want to, it's very hard to tell a woman to send a signal that's overt enough that a guy will see it because the difference is so big. So eye contact, I used to think to send the come hither signal, it took 30 seconds of eye contact. I think it's about three or four seconds, really. 
It's two to three, two. right? It's yeah. so I in was other words, off by when you're focused on someone's eyes for two or three seconds without looking away. That's what you're talking about. That's the signal. Yeah. But we yeah. think, oh, I need 30 seconds. So for a woman to jump and go, oh, I have to do a 10 times bigger signal. So the problem is really more on the men's side. We have to stop overstimulating. You have to watch, stop watching adult content. You have to start talking. And what you can even do is be with a girl you're friends with and say, hey, if you anytime you like a guy, tell me and I'm going to watch what you do because I want to see what your signals are. And you can just watch Signals in the Wild. That's how I learned it is by actually mm -hmm. watching people in real interactions. And you have to spend a lot of time and just be proactive. Go, I want to learn this skill set. Yeah, that's right. People don't like to think about it as a skill because they want to believe that there's a act natural and you can just be yourself and all that. But you really want to get good at dating and recognizing those signals. And this is very surprising because men like to think that they actually have the initiative and, you know, you ask the woman out traditionally, but actually women are always the ones that give the first signal, always. And then the man recognizes or he doesn't. So you should get good at, at recognizing it. What's your, uh, what's the next question? My family wants me to break up with my girlfriend because of how she reacted to my brother's prank. This guy's 27, okay. his girlfriend's okay. 22 and his brother's 22. The brother, for some reason, does, does tons of pranks to his older brother's girlfriend when mm -hmm. she's asleep. Because he likes Shaving cream on the hand, all of that kind of... The girlfriend does not like it, by the way. So no, on New Year's not. Eve... Horse not. Or, holiday, or a party or something, the girlfriend goes to sleep, and he told the brother, he goes, leave her alone. He puts on like a mask, goes in the room, scares her while she's asleep. She wakes up, and she beats him. You know, this happens so often. I mean, so you get so many of these stories. I know we get this question every week. What do you do if you sneak? Here's the thing. If you sneak attack someone while they're asleep, yeah. anything can happen. Because you don't know yeah. how long You're it could in be. very dangerous ground. It could. Very so you ground. might think, oh, in the, she'll know it. She'll wake up, be scared for one second, know it's me. She could go a full 60 seconds, still not, especially you're wearing a mask. So I like I have worked. Maybe she could know some moves, you know. She could have a, a hidden knife. She could, you know, so, know some some moves. And all of a sudden, you know, he's down and he's, you know, not getting up. Well, she thinks she's being attacked, right? She thinks this is it. Yeah. It's go time. She makes I, sense. So the fact that his brother got out alive, I think he's very lucky. Because I've known guys who are in the military in, in elite units. You wake up. You wake them up by throwing a spoon from across the room. Okay. You don't come over and do a leg shake. Or shake someone's arm or right. touch their face unless you hate that arm. Right. Like if you want to lose the arm, I guess you do that. So, right. You, and you yeah. never know when someone's going to overreact. So the fact that he's wearing a mask and messing with it. Listen, yeah. I think a good prank is is fine, but also it's not no, your girlfriend. No, no, she doesn't no. like it. It's very it's weird. And but the fact, he's attracted to his brother's girlfriend. That's he's always I'm making saying. a. And it's yeah, a very immature. He's got something wrong with him, and his, the fact that the family's like, "Hey, you need to break up with her because she beat up your brother." They need some he needs boundaries for his brother. He's got a, he's some boundaries for his family. He needs to launch out of this family, visit them on Sundays, that not you know learn how to use his own discretion and his own thoughts about what to do and not to do and not listen to his family. How about this? Screwed up. Your brother was in a bedroom with your girlfriend and you didn't know. You have a problem yeah. here. Yeah. So. I mean, let's just imagine, let me, let's just think this. What would I do if I walked into the bedroom and someone was standing over my wife wearing a mask? I might kill them. Yeah. Even if he goes, it's your brother. I go, no problem. That's, that doesn't change anything. It's, you know what I mean? You've still committed the original sin. Like it doesn't matter what you're, you're wearing a mask. You're in here. Of course, something's going to happen yeah. to you. So yeah. It's hard to he blame the girlfriend's brother, actually. The fact yeah. that you can blame... It's very weird that his family blames the girlfriend who... I <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's one thing to up. prank someone when they're awake and be like, hey, she was asleep yeah. and overreacted. Like, that's insane. So... Look, we don't pick our families, okay? We don't pick our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers. We pick, you know, our girlfriends, our wives. So that's the, the point. You've got to move away from the orbit of these people, okay? Because they're really messed up. That's what right. I could say. And they're still your family, but that doesn't mean you have to listen to what they're telling you. That's the point. I've got, okay. I've got one that you're going to okay. love because this one's okay. crazy. Yeah. My new boyfriend le left poo stains on the couch. <laughs> Do oh, I God. tell him? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're getting oh, frisky. No. Um, 
Now, isn't it normal to have a towel down below your butt when you're sitting on, you know, in a, in a, that's the hygienic thing to do, right? If you're naked. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you sit on couches naked? <laughs> I. Well, I might. I mean, I might. I mean, you know, but I always would have a towel down. Yeah. I mean, it's so he, she's like putting all these things. It took her 40 minutes to clean it. That's that's a tough clean and that's, that's like, just disgusting. It's disgusting. He, well, how much attraction thing. can there be this way with this guy that leaves poo stains? I mean, that ruins it. Well, he just had some type of surgery down there, which she waits a long uh-huh. time to mention. Way down there. I'm like, well, that's kind of the key point. If someone just had a surgery, they should have towels down there. That's all. I mean, they should have towels, and you can get a uh, well, a, like a, a liner that's waterproof. Does. Like for pets, people get these for their pets who get incontinent, you know, and they still get on the furniture. Well, I don't they know. They feel soft, and everything, but the back of them is completely like yeah. impervious to moisture. You do like a grandparent's house where the couch is completely covered yeah. in the plastic. <laughs> yeah, that was my grandmother's house. So that that's everything there. So I think that what she should do is when he comes over <laughs> next, he's going to go, something's different about your house. And he realizes everything's covered in plastic. By the way, the good part were the, the you know, the walkways, the, you know, the plastic strips that you had to walk on over the carpet. Yeah, this is where you're allowed to walk. Like, do not. That's only where you're allowed to walk. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's very interesting that she's like, do I tell him? The answer is no. No, way. don't tell him. It's just one of those things that happens. He has you know, nothing he can control. The fact control. that she's like so chill about it is kind of crazy. She's like, I cleaned it up. Should I tell him? And there's no, no way you don't can tell him. him that's not horrible. And it sounds like if it, if it wasn't for the, oh, he just had a surgery or something down there, then I'd be like, listen, maybe break up with this guy because you're in your 20s. Right? Like, well, I've, I mean, I haven't, I don't think I've ever pooped a couch. And I've done. I've had a lot of wild experiences. I've definitely thrown up in weird places, peed well, in weird places. He might have had. He might have had a gerbil or something, you know, and it kind of messed him up. You know, gotta give him. You know, anything could happen, right? I mean, it was definitely. She's like, she's like, well, our country doesn't have any bidets. Like that's what it, it's like. Don't focus on. That's mm, not why happened. No bidets here. in this country. There are no bidets. So like, that's gosh. why he did it. But they were definitely. You know what? It's a great opportunity to. You could go into the bidet business. You'd make a fortune. So she says, like, we were, they were being intimate. I guess she was on top. And it's like, maybe just, mm-hmm. if I was the guy, I'd be like, listen, you're that good. When I, when I finish, when I climax, it goes out both ends. <laughs> just like, big explosion. It's a compliment. Like, that's the way you're out of this. Anyway, there should be a, there should be a, you know, let's face it. There should always be a towel down there. That's, uh, okay. All right. So my son, he's in his late 20s. He tells me that, you know, I'm not interested in marriage. There are no women worth marrying. Now, he kind of got this from me because I have a great marriage. His mother and I get along great. Okay. But he says reality today is different and I wouldn't understand. It's a different time, a different place. He's not interested in putting himself out there in a culture that glorifies divorce, adultery, and man hate, as he puts it. He's fit. He's successful. He's a good candidate. Can anybody not ever meet his standards? What should I do? So <laughs> your kids aren't that old. Mine are. Um, so, but what do you think? The son didn't say anything about standards, right? What he's talking about no, is... No, he didn't say anything. He just said the that, dad misinterpreted. that he's not interested in, in putting himself out there in a culture that glorifies divorce, adultery, and man hate. That's what the son said. So here's a couple of things that are true. Divorce is predominantly anti-man. The dad is... You're, Less and it's it used to be the other way around, right? It used to be like 50 or 60 years ago, the dad would always get the kids. Now it's like you never get the kids. There's guys who have to pay paternity on kids that aren't theirs. I've seen where dads have gone to jail for 20 years for a kid that wasn't even theirs. And here's the crazy part if you don't pay child support as a man, you go to jail. But if you pay the child support and she doesn't spend any of it on the kid, no one cares. So that's an uneven system, right? So what he's talking about is very much about America and Canada is even worse. So, I mean, that's why I left the country. I would never get married in America because it doesn't matter. You can be, you can spend 50 years building a business, be married for six weeks, and then she can divorce you and get half of everything that predated. And it's, or I've seen in Canada, a guy happened and they said they were given her 90% because you can make it back. And yeah, there's somehow is, that's how they interpret Gender equality, 
by screwing over the man. Yeah, and to me, that's not exactly equal. It's unequal. And if you talk about institutional, and if you talk about men's rights, everyone's acts like you're a monster when you're just talking about equality. People don't believe in it. And even when uh, some famous women go through divorces, and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe her stupid husband's going to get half the stuff. That's unbelievable. And it's like, well, isn't that what you guys want? So knowing, and the thing is, it's really big business, right? The tons of lawyers and judges make money off of divorces. It's a very profitable business. Divorce. It's very profitable for everyone except for the couple getting right. both the both people in the right. marriage and a poorer they pay their lawyers and how much they pay the judge and stuff. So he's not saying something crazy. Certainly understand the divorce laws have got well. The thing that I but but he does say he said there are no women worth marrying, and I understand not wanting to be married for the reasons that you mentioned. However, I also don't understand it because. Um, I always wanted to have children and have a, a wife and have a house and a relationship and, a, and build something, you know. And like, what happened to this young he's, man that right. he doesn't so feel the same way? What's what happened to him? How did he get so? Well, he's using a philosophical system, right? Which is like, let's weigh the risk of something bad happening with the impact. So, like, it's the difference between a one percent chance of a nuclear mm-hmm. war and a fifty percent chance of a hundred people dying, right? So you're kind of doing a mathematical equation. It's a form of, it's not called practicalism, it's called something else, but it's a form of like critical thinking. So he's looking at, well, let's say I marry someone that's the perfect woman. There's a 1% chance that she could devastate my life. And so... By the way, isn't it possible that he's not really... That's an interpretation. I mean, the real answer is just go to a country where the laws are the way you want. That's what I did. Just get your passport, be a bro. Like That's the real answer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a brother that um, had a brother that uh, got a vasectomy, and I asked him why, and he said, "I don't want to bring children into this world." He said that when we were growing up, it was so terrible that I was scarred for the rest of my life, and I feel like I don't ever want even a chance of someone that uh, comes into this world yeah, having to go I through what I went like through. I know people like that. There's a lot of people now getting like climate change That's vasectomies. They're worried about things that are invisible. Right, like it's not a thing you can see. Yeah, they're they're intangible, invisible, and maybe even not real. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> YouTube will put out a climate change is definitely and another person gets a sex me when they read that the science. Um, <laughs> yeah. So okay, if we take it at face value, he's basically saying that he's not going to get married, doesn't want to raise kids. So maybe he just wants to hook up and fool around. And maybe that'll change when he's in his 30s. You never know. It's certainly not a big deal. He's a man. He can wait as yeah, long I mean, as he wants. I felt that way at 30. Mind. If it's a daughter. At 30, you know, even my first story. date, I told him I was yeah. I'm never well, getting I married. Yeah. Why would I want to give up all this? Why would I want to settle down with one person when I can have a bunch? You know? Um, but, of course, if it's a... I don't want to worry about it. I think that this guy's way too wrapped up in what his son has said because, you know, he's got plenty of time to worry about it. No clock runs no. for a man. Actually, you know, I think people do their better. Men probably do better work as they get older. They're more successful. They're more powerful, more authoritative. You know, it's not a big deal for this guy, um, the son. I mean, yeah. you know, you can always find out. No I got one that's interesting. My wife and I are arguing about her father moving in with okay. us. So they're 40, father's 65. <laughs> okay. The father is just broke, right? Like he's hit some, some bad stuff happened over the last few years because yeah. he couldn't work yeah. during the two years of lockdowns. Obviously that crushed a lot of people. And he's like, I don't want to be homeless. And so the husband is like, the wife's like, let's move into the basement. And the husband's like, that's my man cave. And the the, the wife is like, what? It's not like we're, you know, we can turn into a bedroom room, yada, yada, just for a while. And the husband's like, why can't he go live with his sister across the country? And she's like, well, I still want my dad to be around. So for this one, here's what's interesting. So when my dad got sick, um, and I said to my wife, you know, my, we live in a different country. And I said, listen, my dad's got a situation. He's going to have to go da, da, da. And she goes, oh, when's he moving in? I was like, what? She's like, she assumed that we would just take care of him. And he's this this conversation so was she, leading to I her was like, of course what? it was. That's, that's not what, what she would do in her culture. It wasn't 
you know, we live in a house with a lot of stairs. There's a lot of complexity. Like it was her thought was the exact opposite of this guy's, right? Which is like, um, yeah, you know, and we did offer. Mine was too. My my wife's father Same. wasn't broke. He was financially fine, but he was old and he needed help. And I said, "Oh, it's fine. Move in, absolutely." And we started planning that we'll get the he'll live here and we'll get the bars yeah. put on the shower stall and we'll get the. But he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. But I wanted him to because I want you know that's she wanted how I ended it and up I wanted actually what she as wanted. a kid living in the basement of my parents' house. They built out a bedroom in the basement for my dad's oh stepdad to come live with us long after my dad's mom died. But he, oh. didn't, he ended up not coming. But so I think that I mean, in my opinion, and I understand this guy being like, it's my one. You had your own it, basement. That's pretty cool. The question is, what's the rest of the house like? So if this guy feels like the rest of the house sucks, I have one room that I like, I get it. So he has a different problem. The problem with a man cave, it usually means that the rest of the house sucks, that your wife has taken over and made everything flowers and doilies and you don't like the rest of the house. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's your well, part. You say, the rest is you hers. Have to say is like, listen, whatever she does, I don't... He can move in down there, but that means I'm setting up my drums in our bedroom, right? She has to make a sacrifice mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Say, listen, if you're going to do that's this, right. then I need a part of the house that's still mine. I had this friend who was very wealthy, and he said, as long as I have yeah, a sense. corner of the bedroom where I have my computer and I have my own air conditioner, <laughs> I'm happy. And I was like, that wasn't... He let this wife move in like 30 family members. I was like, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. It's not even, he didn't even want his own whole room. He just wanted like space yeah. to play video games. Although maybe he enjoyed having all the people around. <laughs> yeah, know, but the, moving, the excitement like, and the camaraderie. I mean, there could be a lot of benefits to that. It's kind of nice. He didn't even really. want a whole room. He just like, I just need a corner of a room. Like that. So yeah. I yeah. think that this guy. See, I only want my, my own room and my own bathroom. That's all yeah. I want. My own room and my own bathroom. Not too much to ask. I mean, I think the problem is too that if a guy is broke and he has to move in, that's a different story. I think that that's an important yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, too. don't you think? It's but I mean, so what's the difference between he's poor and he's sick and we have to take care of him? Because because it's not because you feel like he's poor dad. You made bad decisions. You you know wasted all your money on uh, you know drugs or you went to the track and lost all your money or, you know, you didn't take that promotion you fault. could have or, you know, there's yeah, a lot of I, resentments around this because it's his fault. We're, that's right. It's a tough situation, but you have to think about, well, what's the price? You think your wife will ever forgive you for saying, hey, I want your father out of your life forever? Or it could ruin their marriage. It could just ruin it. You know, it could be like this guy's really overbearing and awful. He comes in to live in the house and it's never the same. And this, yeah, the danger has been just as, is that uh, it sounds like his dad is healthy. So he could be there for another 40 years. You could be taking care of this guy until you're 80. Yeah. Yeah. It's turning that off, shutting it off is difficult. It's like I help family members by giving them cash every oh month. Oh my gosh. And then I've realized I really can't stop doing that because what would they do? Yeah. So I'm kind of stuck. All right. So, <laughs> um, I, when I dated online, okay, um, when I was dating online before, this was about a few years ago, I had matches, I had dates, everything was crappy. These women were single for a reason, it turns out. But anyway, I kind of decided recently to go back to it. He says, but there's like issues like politics intruding on the apps. He says, the apps removed race filters he says, due to activists to uh, injection of pronouns, not sure what that means exactly. It was so disgusting, I uninstalled and canceled the date the same day. Okay? And I, I'm not going to use dating apps anymore. What is he talking about? Do you understand what he's saying about removal yes. of race filters due to activists? So I'll to give you an example of, of this. Pronouns? So on Tinder, okay. there, you are not allowed to put that you're transgender. So I happen to live in Asia. And in, in Asian dating apps, oh. there's usually M, F, or T. So in Asia, people okay. will, if you ask someone, hey, are you a real man or a real woman? They'll tell you. It's not a big deal. It's very common. It comes up all the time here. Okay. All the time people just ask you. It's not a big deal to say, are you, and if they're trans, they'll just say, oh no, I'm not a real woman. And in, in the West, there's this idea of, I am, I am a real woman, right? You'll say- I identify yeah. as a woman. And you better call me a woman. I saw like 
So that's what he's talking about. And that is like, I can't, and it's, okay. what's really confusing. I saw someone that's get in trouble yesterday because they were a woman who transitioned and gay men weren't attracted to, I can't remember. I got confused by the pronouns, but a person who had lady parts. Okay. So but still has lady parts, but has a beard. And they were like, she's they're on a, a gay dating app. Like, why is no one matching me? And she wants men. She and likes like, men, well, but the men don't like her. Him, the reason, whatever. the whole okay. thing about gay men is that they like, their favorite part is the penis, right? That That's the thing you like. That's the thing that makes you the mm-hmm. gayest, right? So it's getting really confusing. I, I had mm-hmm. a lot of trouble doing the math on that one, trying to understand what the problem was. Because I was like, what's, because it just gets very confusing. So the racial thing, I don't know about that. They're saying like, I don't want to date certain races or whatever. Well, I, I understand what he's talking about politics. He says, because I'll, I'll tell you what I was thinking. He, politics and the apps. I mean, I can understand it. You just have to be a little bit, you know, work around. I mean, just like you said, maybe ask somebody if there's a doubt or, you know, there's a way you can ask. I don't mean to offend you. Just yeah. making sure whatever you want to do. But also I was thinking he meant like people say, oh, I'm for Trump or, uh, you know, I hate Trump or, you know, whatever. Like that's part of, of, of dating yeah. now, which I believe it could be because I think people are really absorbed into politics and it could really in, intrude on this uh, experience so of just meeting somebody. I would never want to date someone who politics is a large part of their personality. It's not the political party. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. It's kind of like if somebody's super religious, right? I'm not like I'm against religion, but somebody who's like very Orthodox, Jewish, Muslim, Christian, if you're not religious, yeah. you might believe in God, so but you're not religious. It's weird. That's why there's like, how could dating you get websites for specifically for religions and religious people. They have all those. But I think that, yeah, yeah. the whole thing now yeah. is that politics is getting bigger and bigger and it's so uninteresting to me it's why i left the country i just don't want to participate because people who are really into politics tend to be really awful so whenever i look at facebook now facebook is a feel is like a place where everyone can tell you the political opinion you didn't ask about it's like have you ever met a vegan who didn't tell you (laughs) and it's why never it's and that's where that joke comes from it's the same thing as like well you don't that's why you if that's why you don't want to hang out with a vegan unless you're put up with it and you don't want to hang out with someone who's an mlm because they're always going to tell you about it right they're always like oh i want to come to this thing and do this like so you pull back from that so if that's what he's talking about i mean at the end of the day i think apps is the worst approach to dating i think it's the worst way to do it because you get a wrong read so when i was on eHarmony in my early 30s, the matches they gave me were all at least 10 years older than me and at least 100 pounds heavier. Every woman was over 300 pounds and over 40 years old. And I was like, <laughs> I'm 30. What is happening here? So, <laughs> so eHarmony all does a lot about feelings. a zillion questions. They give you seven and matches they a give day. You matches. And it's all like all of our science is Garrett, you're going to find your wife. And it's like, here's a, if you want to get Really As depressed. opposed to other systems where you just look around. And, and you, the way those systems yeah. work, okay. and I like the science of them. So 80% of men um, never get a swipe. You get zero. So like, I think it's 80% of right. women are swiping on right. 5% of men. And that's true of eHarmony, though, because it's supposed to yeah, eliminate eHarmony, What eHarmony does is just match you with people that are so unattractive that you just want to kill yourself. So that was my experience. Well, well then why, why would that be a good business model for So I don't even know if eHarmony is still in business. It was 10 years ago. So hmm. a lo- the thing about these dating sites is that a woman, no matter how rough she looks, will get 100 matches because guys, well, just yeah, guys are swiping anyone, a larger number of women. So okay. a woman might sw- like swipe right, you know, say yes to 20 yeah. men out of 5,000, whereas a man will say yes to like 4,000. So what happens is you just start going, well, none of the 10s are responding. I'll swipe on the 9s and the 8s and the 7s. So this approach to dating is not good. What it does is it gives the women a false sense of ego because they think, they think, oh, I'm the only woman this guy swiped on. And it's like, no, you're one of 5,000, right? And then the men get a really disproportionate negative ego because they go, oh, no one swiped on me because all the women, it's kind of like, it's why the when it looks like the number of partners people have had, most men, the number of men who haven't had a partner in the last year is like super high. There's a super high spike in virgins now. 
And then there's always the one guy with a really high number. So I yeah. was the first category and now I'm the second category because once you figure it out, women want to sleep with a guy with a high body count. All women, it's the old Chris Ross joke. It's like when a girl, when a guy sees you with a new girl, he goes, wow, I want a girlfriend just like that. And when a girl sees you with her friends with a new boyfriend, they go, I want to sleep with him. That's what happens is that all women go after the same guys for the small pool of men and it kind of messes everything up. So you want to get out. Uh, the apps are where you have the worst odds. The odds are against you. You have the least chances because it's not reality. It's also where you forge the most parasocial relationships. So the best advice I can give you is to meet people in real life. It's where you can have real interactions, especially, I mean, I'm not a good looking guy. Like let's not dance around it. It doesn't bother me. Looks is not my greatest category. It's not my strongest category. So for me, I can, and I've tested this. So I've heard a woman say about me, that guy is gross. Okay. He's physically disgusting. I talked to the woman. 20 minutes later, she says, she goes, you know what? He's really hot. So there's a huge amount of personality. Women factor in personality a lot. And you can do a lot to be more attractive. That And that all comes in person. Doing it online is very hard. So I'm not... So basically, if you look like, um, you know, 22-year-old buff guy, you have no problem doing apps. If you're like a normal person, you probably have more of a, a personality if, and other things going for you rather than looks. Even if you have you're super good looks, it life. might not work out. Like, it doesn't guarantee the app. So my advice, the app, there's right. tons of bad psychiatry that come out of the app. So, like, it damages people. It causes tons of problems. It causes tons of parasocial interaction. It causes a tons of ED problems. Right. It causes tons of all sorts of stuff. The apps have really become, and nobody who's on the apps likes it. Nobody says, oh, I'm loving being on the apps because you end up with a lot of negative interaction. So the best thing I can say is that be the person who's not. I never found success on the apps and my number is way too high for what I look like, okay? My body count is way higher than whatever you think it is right now. So. Well, I had to learn, I had to learn dating, um, I learned it from a friend who was older who mentored me and I learned to pick up women in all sorts of situations. And that's how I met girls and uh, worked out great. Um, there just wasn't any option. They have this thing where you could go and uh, get videos made of yourself and then women would look at all the videos and pick guys and go out on dates. You know, there's all sorts of things. They have this service where you can have a matchmaker fix you up. I mean, there's things you could do. If you have a lot of money and you don't want to go dating and everything, you can delegate this to someone else. And they can connect yeah. you with potential matches. But for most normal people, you're better off just going on meeting girls and ch chatting them up. Yeah, and just building I think your that we have discounted how much value there is in just getting to know people and connecting with people in real life. And it's hard. I don't want to pretend that yeah. it's not hard. Yeah, meeting right. women in person is really scary, but it's the only way. It's the only way. There's no other way to do it. There's no other way to break through because you have to eventually meet in person, right? So there's yeah, there's a to. way of starting a conversation that is meaningless. Example, do you know what time it is? That's not a flirtatious conversation starter, right? It's the less flirtatious, the more challenging the transition. So you then have to really fight through flirt to get to a flirtation. Whereas if you start with, sorry, you're so beautiful. I had to say hi, which is super flirtatious. You're already in a flirtation, right? So the same way, if you start with online dating, you actually have so much more to overcome. And this is why I really don't like long distance relationship. I really don't like texting because there's nothing right. you meet right. someone in person for the first time and they've know all your secrets. They've already seen you naked. What a nightmare. So uncomfortable. By the way, texting, that's optional. You don't you can have a thing on your phone now where you turn it off where they don't show you naked. I know it's a joke, but I'm not sure I get it. <laughs> I might be too dumb. <laughs> well, no, because you said they've already seen you naked because you're texting or whatever. I'm saying that that's not inevitable. That you don't yeah, text but I'm somebody saying a lot. That's naked a, pictures. It's all exchange. part of the same that's mistake. It's the same thing like so where you give someone your Instagram and then they can okay. see all of the pictures you have of like your butt and your bikinis and stuff. So I never do that. For, in my age, it was give someone your Facebook. I would never do that because when a woman sees my Facebook, I never hear from her again. 
Like it's a, it's a, it's like the kiss of death for me in a relationship. So I always only fun. Hey, what do you think about sending a woman a website link to an award that you won from your company for being like the, you know, top executive in the year or something like that? What about something like that? Women don't care about that, so it's not going to work. They don't care about that, but they kind of do because it, they want to go with someone who's accomplished and who's authoritative and has power in the world. And that's my point. Not that they care about the, the specifics, but they do care a great deal that, so that a guy has the respect of other people and that he's a, a mover and a shaker. That's very attractive to women. Yeah, but it's still a weird thing to send on a first interaction. Like, oh, I don't... <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, but... Um... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's sort of like a resume. Like, you know, was the leader in meeting quota for three years in a row uh, in the Western region and, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, that, that's sort of a little too detailed. But I'm just, my point is that if you have other accomplishments, maybe you can sort of weave those in um, and women will, you know, mm -hmm. get an idea of your, of, of attraction for somebody because you're, you're not just some dweeb. That's my point. You've got to use whatever you have going for you. It's yeah. usually not looks personality and accomplishments. Um, so we have uh, one more, one more here. Um, do you want to ask the last I'm embarrassed question? to bring my boyfriend over because I'm poor. I don't want him to find out that I live in a trailer because it looks bad on the outside, even though it's nice on the inside to live with my grandma. Well, what do I do? Right. Okay. Well, that's a great question. So um, my answer is, if it's, you know, if it's clean inside, in other words, like if, if you give someone a glass of water, like they drink from it because they're like, they're not like, Ugh, you know, if it's clean, you're fine. Uh, man doesn't care about a woman living in poverty. It's absolutely fine with that. Um, uh, absolutely no problem. That's why you have these fairy tales, you know, but they're, they're true. And also, you never, um, you you know, never hear the fairy tale about the, doesn't the, matter. the princess falling that. for the poor guy and going to live in a swamp. <laughs> No, it's always the opposite. Yeah, it's yeah. always it's, it's always the rich guy falling for the poor princess. You know, the Cinderella person. So you got no yeah. problem. You got no problem. Yeah, um, she's fine. Yeah, exactly. Now, if a woman is wealthy and well off and successful and attractive, she's not going to want to go to your crappy little trailer and go. You know, she's not going to be interested in dating you. Probably exactly. it doesn't work the other way. I think she's going to be fine because guys don't care. Yeah, some even prefer it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, being here and being part of what we're doing. And uh, we'll be see you next Bye, week on Men's Mayhem. Stay Mayhem. And have a wonderful week.